I would say we're a little different. Our platform's a little different. We are targeted at the nanos and micros, right? When you become a big influencer with 50,000, 100,000 followers, you don't use our platform as much, right. right? And so we're really targeted at that niche. I'm sure half of our influencers uh, on our platform right now, these nano micro influencers, they do aspire to do that, right? They're like, oh, I can grow my followers. That's great. Um, but uh, not everyone becomes one, right? And I think the other half are perfectly fine doing this as a side thing, side income. You're listening to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast, the show where personal finance is about the person, not just the numbers. Here on BFF, we talk about how to make money your best friend so that you can have the freedom to make the most out of life. We go through the honest discussions about money so that you don't need to make the same mistakes. We demystify jargon so that no one can smoke you with complicated acronyms. After all, money's greatest value is to give us control over our time, which is truly our greatest asset. I'm your host, Junus Yu. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast. So today, we really wanted to explore the influencer economy. And we have a very special guest today, Jonathan Egg, who is the CEO of Party Post, a platform that is looking to connect brands with micro and nano influencers. Welcome, John. Thank you for having me. So first off, tell us a little bit more about Party Post and how you started it. Sure. We started about 2017 with the vision of building a platform, a tech platform, where even if you had uh, 200 followers to download this mobile app and basically become an influencer, you can scroll through this cool app, look for different campaigns to do uh, like jobs, right? And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, take pictures and get paid mm-hmm. for doing that, right? So I think that's initially how we started and had that vision in 2017. And now it's been, I guess, five years. It's still going strong. Super cool. I think you guys actually grown from strength to strength, right? In terms of the user numbers, in terms of brands that you have engaged. Yeah, I remember starting out in 2017. I think the term micro or even nano influencers was very novel, right? Mm-hmm. Very new. And everybody looked at us and said, what's that? What are you talking about? I remember approaching the first three to five brands myself as mm-hmm. a salesperson, right? And going to these brands and saying, why don't you pay me and some of my friends who mm-hmm. have very few followers, you know, 200 followers or so, some money, and then we'll post for you. And this is maybe some small ROI or likes or views that we can get to you. And they just looked at me really funny, mm-hmm. right? And didn't want to work with us. So the first, I would say nine, 10 brands actually rejected me until I basically put our own money, the company's money and said, let me test it out on my own, right? And work with the brand and give them a free campaign that's try, right? Mm. And then that's how it started. So what was the motivation there? Because clearly the term being an influencer, it used to be blogger back in the Xiaxue days and then it's become influencer. And there's a lot of names for it, like key opinion leaders. Can you just talk us a little bit through, you know, what is this influencer lifestyle like? Do a lot of people aspire to it? You know, when you first started, were you just trying to make a few extra bucks, you know, being a brand ambassador? Or is there a more aspirational angle to it? I think so. I mean, I remember when we first started, we were looking at all these uh, surveys and news articles that came out and said, I think it was in primary school or something. They would ask, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember the overwhelming response was, 
influencer because that sounds very easy to do, right? That was yeah. primary school for you. Yeah, that was not, not my primary school. <laughs> okay. When I was a little older, like, okay. I saw the article that said these primary school kids want to do that. It was like maybe five years ago, Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, not, right. Not, not when I'm a little older now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, and that's why we also started this because we saw the potential of it, right? But in terms of the lifestyle you're asking about, I think obviously it's glamorous, I would say Instagram worthy, that kind of lifestyle and it is kind of superficial mm-hmm. right but i would say we're a little different our platforms a little different we are targeted at the nanos and micros right when you become a big influencer with 50,000 100,000 followers you don't use our platform as much right. right and so we're really targeted at that niche i'm sure half of our influencers uh, on our platform right now these nano micro influencers they do aspire to do that right they're like oh i can grow my followers that's great um but uh, not everyone becomes one right and i think the other half are perfectly fine doing this as a side thing side income and then just posting about things they they genuinely like and doing that how much would an influencer usually make you know based on the is it based on the follower count or you know how are these instagram ads being priced I think it's been an evolution throughout time, to be honest. Typically, I think it's still the majority is on the followers and the reach, right? Mm -hmm. As some brands become more savvy, more experienced using influencers, then they look at other metrics, the whole marketing funnel, right? It becomes views, likes, engagement, or even clicks. There are brands that request that or sales even. Right. So they're like, okay, if the influencer gets me a sale, then I'll pay them per sale, right? A cut of that sale. Yeah. So we've done all of the following, of course, right? We've tried all those types of mechanics, all those campaigns out. Obviously, it's really, really hard for most influencers to push for sales or guarantee sales, right? And I think that's something that may change in the future. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen a lot of these influencers the way they're able to push sales is two methods, right? Uh, One is they do have to be genuine, right? Their profile has to match what they're selling and trustworthiness of their followers to them, right? The second is consistency, right? How consistent or frequent do they post or talk about that product or brand? And I've Mm -hmm. seen some best influencers who actually get sales is from they sometimes they post like 10, 20 times a month about the same product, mm-hmm. right? And then we see some sales coming in. Got it. So I think mm. we touched a little bit about nano-influencers, especially mm. those that have a specific domain knowledge, right? Or let's say if there's somebody who is, for example, very into the keto lifestyle and every post is about keto. So that's why you talk about consistency and a brand is more likely to work with some with a profile like that just because their followers would be people who are genuinely interested in the keto lifestyle and then the conversions would then should naturally follow. Mm. Put it this way, I can give slightly better example, maybe. For example, we work with a lot of nano influencers, like I could be one. I have, I don't know, two, three hundred followers, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say you are a pretty close friend of mine and you follow my Instagram or, or Facebook account, right? So if I um, go to an Italian restaurant, right? And first time I post one time about it, whether it's an Instagram story or a post, uh, doesn't matter. You look at the post, you're like, oh, he's trying out a new restaurant. Mm. Big deal, right? People do this all the time, right? I'm not going to go because he posted once. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter, right? But then this time I go next weekend again. You're like, well, he's going a second time? That's a little unusual. He's posting about it again, Mm -hmm. right? The third time I'm going again, 
tagging you and saying, I know you like Italian food. I know you, right? You're my friend. And mm. uh, let's go try it out together next time, right? The conversion rate is through the roof, right? Right. So of course, different industries, like you said, keto, or, you know, we've even had like dentists or clinics, right? That one you can't do every week because it doesn't make sense, right? So that's why I mentioned the genuineness and the trustworthiness of if you put on some braces, you got to wait <laughs> few months and, <laughs> and do you want to post about it every week right and how do you make it sound natural right so i think that is the essence that goes into pushing for sales but it does take months sometimes right for certain industries right like like, like the dentist one i talked about mm -hmm. um so there's these kind of tricks and we've seen that in our campaigns so yeah. what kind of commitment or investment does you know an individual need to do if they're serious about you know doing this kind of like influencer kind of Roles. Oh, becoming an influencer. Correct. Because, you know, I know a few of them, mm -hmm. um, especially, let's say, people who are in the TikTok domain. Or I know this guy who has, you know, six-digit following on TikTok, mm -hmm. I think five-digit on Instagram. And he's very committed to one specific domain, which is basically learning all the different K-pop dances once it comes out, right? Yeah. Blackpink, Twice, whatever. When it comes out, he's going to start learning it. And brands like Skechers and, you know, would really engage him over the long run. So they give him like sponsored apparel, sponsored stuff, and also pay in cash. I think his revenue per video is around, I think he charges anywhere from 1 to 1.5 for the following that he has. Mm -hmm. But clearly he makes a big commitment to, you know, stick to that K-pop dance kind of persona all the time and he works on it. Yeah, I think that's a great example. Um, Obviously, if you're a nano micro influencer, you can start pretty broad first, right? But in order to increase your followers, for, let's say TikTok, for example, you mm -hmm. can see different platforms. It was Instagram maybe several years ago, right? Before that, Facebook. So when a, new social media platform launches, right? There's usually a rush mm -hmm. at the beginning, right? To get in and I'm the K-pop, you know, domain knowledge, the first few. Mm -hmm. But if you get in a little late, you know, it's hard to grow your followers, right? Yes. It's already kind of too late, you know? You're kind of stagnant, right? Um, so he, I think it's the timing, like your friend there, right? Mm -hmm. But also the timing which you can find that gap, right? That domain, not, you know, thousands of other uh, influencers has already done, right? Unique to, you know, maybe it's your country. You're the only one in this country doing K-pop stuff and people resonate with you in your language and your, you know, accent or whatever, right? Right. So I think staying true to yourself is the most important. I recently saw an interview done by the TikTok CEO. Mm -hmm. He's also Singaporean, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they asked, I think... I think it was Bloomberg or someone, forgot who the interviewer was, asked him, so how do we grow followers on TikTok? You know, and he said, be genuine, mm. be yourself, right? If you're going to pick a domain knowledge, but you're not good at it, or your friends are like, who is this, right? You know, it also, I don't think you can grow your account that way, right? So apart from being genuine, apart from mm. consistency, mm. what other advice could you share with somebody who is interested in doing this to a larger degree or thinking of it as a side hustle? So it might not necessarily be something that they pursue as their full-time mm. career because with regards to influences, it's extremely, I would say, lumpy when it comes in terms of income, especially if you know, you're basically like, by yourself and then let's say if you get 10 TikTok or like 10 IG ads, 
or engagements this month at 1k each, then you earn 10k this month. But then if next, the next month, then you might be getting zero. So it's very lumpy. I wouldn't say that, you know, it's a career that provides you that kind of mm. stable income. But for people who are looking to do it on the side, where it's like, hey, you know, I can get a few hundred bucks. It's good to pay for like my meals or I can pay for, you know, I can put it towards something that I'm saving for. Like what would be the advice that you give them apart from being genuine and consistent? I mean, this is going to sound like a plug, but I think they should use my platform, you know, use party posts to see all the campaigns coming in, right? But um, there are some of our, you know, influencers on our platform. They just continue to do all our campaigns, right? Mm -hmm. And I think all their content on their Instagram or TikTok is basically sponsored, right? Mm. So I think even bigger influencers go through that phase too, right? Yes. They're like, oh, everything's sponsored for a while. And then they're like, hmm, I'm kind of losing that authentic touch, right? Yep. So one thing to, to note is like, how do you find that balance, right? Of Again, I harp on that genuineness, right? And then consistency of posting organic things mm. in between one or two, you know, um, out of nine or 10 sponsored posts, right? So uh, try not to do too many sponsored stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And join our app, <laughs> right? To get this consistent flow of campaigns, right? That we can provide you. So that's our job. Got it. And mm. are you looking into live streaming? Because that clearly has been, you know, quite a trendy thing of late. It certainly was during the COVID period. I think now that we're kind of easing out of the, you know, COVID measures, I think people are getting back more into the real life and not being so focused online. But then what, you know, what, you know, as the CEO of Party Post, like what are your thoughts on the live streaming space and how are you taking advantage of that? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think our nano micro influencers with not a lot of followers. I mean, they're not all good at, you know, doing MC or talking mm -hmm. live, right? Mm. They can create nice, you know, beautiful content, content for right? IG, right? Very simple content, content great stuff to mm. and show their close group of friends or followers. But they're not typically meant for, you know, live streaming, right? Right. Um, I do think the trend uh, actually came from, and this is my opinion, of course, came from um, the tech companies in China, mm. right? Alibaba and the, the trends there, right? And I think it started with them, you know, obviously they own Lazada, right? Mm -hmm. And Shopee started as well, yep. doing a lot of the live streaming and things like that. So, and I think it took off. I, I do think it will come. For me, I don't think it's a, like a huge blown up trend right now, right? Mm -hmm. That's my personal opinion. Uh, we're still focusing on what our micro or nano influencers are good at, right? And they are very good at short form video, mm -hmm. right? For now, not really live streaming and really in your face selling. I don't think that's what Singapore is about also, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it may be a cultural thing, mm. right? And uh, But we'll see, you know, things change, cultures adjust and shift. And live stream might be done by almost everyone or watched by everyone in five years' time. We don't know. Mm. Yeah. And in terms of you know, internally, do you guys track what is the most that a party poster has made through your platform? Since we were talking about, you know, mm. if one of the advices to use party posts and go and do That's those right. ads, plus you need to um, put in organic content in between so that you don't look like a long feed of sponsored mm -hmm. posts. So what is the max that you've seen? Actually, we've seen, I mean, our, I won't name any names, but uh, there's a few of our uh, very loyal, you know, influencer users. Uh, they can do up to 20 campaigns a month, mm -hmm. right? We don't advise that all the time, obviously, right? But I think they, uh, you know, do it after work 
or uh, after they study, if they're in university, weekends they also hang out together and go as a as a group, you、mm. know, to do these campaigns at certain brands or stores and things like that. So it's pretty cool. They form like a community on their own as well, right? And we've also done some community events also. But they can make, I mean, one campaign maybe it's fifty dollars, let's、mm. say, for for someone with a little more followers.、Mm-hmm. And they've joined twenty, so you can you can calculate their yeah, the numbers, I mean, right, for some of the top. That's、uh, an additional one k of you know that's、right. cash. That's right. In the bank,、yeah. as and when it gets、uh, paid out by party post. I'd love to pay out as soon as possible, to be honest,、mm. from as a plan for perspective, because you can imagine when we first started, we're like, oh, you post something, we pay you. Initially, people were like, "That's a scam, right?" You know, you're just paying people for like posting stuff. <laughs> so it's just so sounds so very scammy. Your ads sound scammy.、Mm. What's going on, right?、Mm. Then, of course, we started actually doing it, and you know, people trying it out. You know, influencers joining our platform, and then they're like, "Oh, it's real. They do pay out, right? You know, within three weeks or something." As we grew, of course. We had more bigger brands working with us,、mm. and unfortunately,、uh, their payment terms are not so friendly. Right?、Yep. Sometimes three months, sometimes even four months.、Mm. Right? Again, I won't name any brands here,、uh, but they know who they are. <laughs> right? And then、um, if we keep paying influencers three weeks in, but then we get paid three months later, we won't be around anymore. Yeah, right? So we would love to、impacted. pay within one week、mm. or immediately. I I think it's what they earned, right?、Mm-hmm. I'm always pushing for that.、Uh, we even had to take loans sometimes to pay because we we didn't feel comfortable delaying payments. But again, we are a business, right? And、um, we have to weigh all the different, you know,、uh, kind of variables, right?、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. So I guess you know, just to round up, with regards to somebody who is who could be an annual micro influencer today, looking to get some extra cash or you know have a little bit of a side hustle, earning up to one k a month. First is to be consistent with your posting. Two is to be genuine with regards to the voice, be authentic, and also ensure that you're not building a constant feed of sponsored posts, but you know, kind of like interjecting it with you know things that are genuine to you know what you're thinking about. And third is to join Party Post, so you can <laughs> download it、yep. off the App Store.、Mm-hmm. I guess is、uh, available on both the Google Play and as well as that's right iTunes, right? Yeah. iTunes, I, I, App Store, App Store, yeah, App Store. yeah. What else can people look out for? Are there any interesting things that Party Post will be doing in twenty twenty two? We're not specifically for Singapore. Maybe we're expanding to more countries. We hope as travel opens up, that industry will have more brands that wants you know people in Singapore to post about、mm. you know hotels and tickets or flights to other countries. So that was pretty cool industry because actually. If you think about it, all the brands who want to work with you know people in Singapore, Singapore influencers, they're all overseas,、mm. right? So I hope that travel opens up and we can see more campaigns for、um, uh, people in Singapore. Yeah, I think we're already seeing that because I saw that Singapore Airlines was already having their promo deals for、mm. March with regards to the ticket prices, and I think that people are already moving on that. So. I definitely think that that's a very interesting space for you, and we're all looking out for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, John, so much for being on our show today. And for those people who are interested, you can download Party Post and check it out for yourself. You know, you could earn up to one k or more, and then kind of like beat the internal record in in on Party Post. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, John.
Many thanks as well to all of you out there for tuning in. This has been a fantastic conversation and we would definitely love to hear what you think about it. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us through the email podcast at nelisten.sg or at my Instagram at MissFitFi. Aside from that, if you enjoy what you're listening to and want to hear more, please help to spread and grow the show by subscribing on Me Listen or Apple Podcasts or by following on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Finally, the Building Financial Fitness Podcast is an original production from MediaCorp and recorded at Scape Live Studios, The Pod, powered by Audio-Technica and City Music. Episode production is done by Junus Yu, with editing and support by Danny Cordy and Gareth Fernandez. Once again, I'm your host and BFF, Junus Yu. Until the next time. <laughs>